1: It's Thursday, and you know what that means. It's Riled Up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and myself, Roy White, sporting the brand-new Riled Up gear from bloggingtheboys.com. Of course, you can get all your Blogging the Boys gear – at bloggingtheboys.com, powered by SB Nation, and of course this podcast also powered by SB Nation, and we got some things to get into. Tom, again, the Cowboys always in the news, always giving us something to talk about. But in this case, uh, I did want to touch on it briefly because it became the topic du jour of Cowboys media, Cowboys social media this week, and that is their appearances at pro days specifically the Alabama pro day. And uh, I do believe they were in the house to see JC horn there at South Carolina as well. So Tom, what do we make of the Cowboys being in the building to check out all the players on the Alabama crimson Tide, but perhaps specifically one cornerback in the name of uh, Patrick Sertain.
2: Uh, well, I think they just like to get eyes on players I believe they also had a presence at Ohio State, had some guys down at AM for their pro day. So look at who's coming out of those uh, schools that are in positions of interest for the Cowboys, and they're probably trying to cover as many of them as they can get boots on the ground. And there's been a huge thing going on in social media where they go like, ooh, ooh, look at the time so-and-so ran, or ooh, ooh, look at their athletic score, ooh, and it's like, okay, that is, my understanding is that has always been a confirmation of someone's raw athleticism, which the team can say, okay, that's good, that's what we thought, or it can occasionally throw up a little red flag that mm, maybe this guy has some problems with his quickness and speed, and we might need to, to, to take a second look at that. But that's not going to make or break anyone. What's going to make or break people, especially this year without the, the, you know, the more rigorous uh, measurements and testing of the combine, is they're going to be looking at all that college tape. It's difficult with a few people out there who sat out last year, but they're still going to look at what they can see on the field, see how they played against competition, see the level of competition they played against because they have to try to factor that in. You know, that's the great thing Sertain has is that he was in a really, you know, strong conference uh, you know, according to conventional wisdom, at least. Uh, Although he, you know, the best receivers he worked against were probably in practice. So, yeah, I I think that's just they want to see him. They want to maybe have a few words with him, get a little feel for the player. But people make this the be-all and end-all of the draft process, and it's just a factor, and it's not nearly as big as how did these people perform on Saturday afternoon.
1: To me – That's exactly as I would have put it. Uh, It's a made for TV event as the combine is right now. I think the combine has a little bit more value than these pro days do because they're doing it all in the comfort of their own situation. In -hmm. fact, if I had to say anything about a pro day, I might say it's almost misleading in that it can lead you down a road of thinking a guy may be better than he actually is. Now. I, like everybody else in the world, was damn impressed with the throw that BYU quarterback Zach Wilson made where yeah. he's moving to his left, throwing across his body, down the center of the field, and it's a bomb. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah. But am I really going to try to convince myself that just about every starting quarterback in the NFL today could probably also make that throw? I I believe that to be true also. And it's yeah. easy when you see the clip 10 times in a row you see the measurements of the 40 time right again in the comfort right and in the timing of their own system of their own university or what what have you field house Uh, all those things come into play and I don't know I think it can be more damaging in some cases these pro days especially when if you were just to rely on, on what you saw there in person, as opposed to what I assume most of these guys do, which is take whatever film they take of the entire session, take it back to their office in the quiet, in the dark, and take a look at the tape, which is what yeah. they should do for most of the games that those players were able to play in.
2: Yeah, the one one thing I'll say about uh, Wilson's throw that, that was all over social media is that if anybody had any questions about arm strength, I think they can kind of check that one off because that was a long throw from an awkward angle, and that was just all arm. It was a great throw. It
1: was a great throw. Yeah. But Um, it's also a pro day with nobody in his face, with no thought of what a defender might do, right? Arm strength granted, absolutely. Absolutely.
3: And yeah. and I
1: want to say, like, I was incredibly impressed. I did the yes. ooh eyeballs on Twitter <laughs> yeah. as well at RW3. By the way, at Tom Ryle Btb, if you want to follow us on there and interact with the show, but you know that is something that hell, I was seeing people reacting to that throw and saying that solidifies his place at number two.
2: No, no, a lot more may solidify it, but. Justin Fields had a great pro day too. You know, maybe he solidified either. And I, well, I, I, I just have to wonder, you know, how, what's going to happen with the top three picks, you know, are we as certain of what's going to happen? Can you, can you imagine if the Jaguars threw a monkey wrench into everything and, you know, didn't pick Lawrence? I mean, <laughs> uh, that would be great. Um, I'm wondering: Is Mac Jones really getting locked in at number three? Um, and then that's going, I think, push somebody down. That's going to create a lot of interest in some of the other quarterback needy teams. So it's it's kind of it's a crazy time. Uh, you know, we've always talked about how you have to not get too excited about the underwear Olympics, and this is this is just worse because they're not only working in a facility they know so well they're working with players that they know so well too
1: 100 well look i won't stop us from giving you all the details of what has gone down at these pro days and by all means salivate over them because it is the only football we're going to get until the draft later on this month so i'm with you and i'm enjoying it as well but don't take too much of that to heart don't take too much of that Uh, and reading into what the Cowboys might or might not do. That, I think, is a fool's errand. The other news of the week, Tom, is that the Cowboys have apparently not 100% shut down the idea of bringing in a high-profile free agent by the name of either K.J. Wright or potentially Richard Sherman. Now, these two names, former Legion of Boom members, obviously, you know, a couple of players from a defensive perspective that seemed to fit the Dan Quinn mold, considering that, you know, he was responsible for getting some of their best years. However, at this time, Tom, you kind of feel like if this wasn't a possibility, if the Cowboys weren't considering it, they would be shooting it down 100%. Is that the yeah. case?
2: Yeah. That's, that's what's most intriguing to me is that the names keep floating around and usually, if there isn't some kind of legitimate interest, one of the, uh, you know, the hardcore reporters, the guys that actually get make their living doing this stuff, would have said, well, you know, they're not as interested as you think and all this and blah, blah. That has not happened. That, that silence, you know, the dog that didn't bark is really interesting that you're not hearing Anything saying that they're not looking at doing this, that they're not still interested, um, and you see little hints uh, and things going on in social media. Like there was, again, these are things that you don't necessarily know for sure, but they're coming from some, you know, of the the more reliable sources that they've actually exchanged an idea for what kind of a deal each side would like to have in Wright's case. Uh, I believe, uh, and the 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 reporting was that he wants two years, the Cowboys want a one-year deal, and there's no sign that that shut off the communication that they're still talking about it. Uh, I saw, and I, I believe, I hope I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Broadus who was saying, talking about Sherman, that, People were thinking it was going to take $6 million to get him, and he was saying not necessarily. The price tag might not be that high. It's, it's a depressed year in free agency. Um, there's a lot of bargains. I mean, look at the deal the, the Cowboys got on KZ. Um, you know, he, he, his was just dirt cheap. Uh, I'm glad you brought take- him
1: up. Do you think the Vikings got a deal on Xavier Woods?
2: I don't know if they got a deal. I think they may have actually paid a little bit more than market rate for him, uh, which is and that's not saying he's not a good acquisition for him. I'm just not sure they had to go quite that high to get him um, so it's 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 a bizarre year in free agency, and we're gonna say like I said this so far it's been right down Stephen Jones's alley. he's just been snapping up some guys for. Just extremely reasonable contracts in those yeah, one-year deals. KZ,
1: uh, one year, one point one million dollars. Only four hundred thousand of that is even guaranteed.
2: Yeah, so that's and and if you're taking a risk on a guy who's coming off of a bad injury like he is, well, that's how you do it. And the uh, the risk is way down, and the potential rewards are pretty high. So. Yeah, you have to like that kind of move by the team. Um, so it's it's interesting. I think it really gives them an actual shot at having a free safety, a legitimate, true free safety to plug in, which is a need they've had for how many years now. So that's that's a that to me is where the Stephen Jones type tightwad approach actually may have worked for a change. We'll have to see how it plays out, but it's you can feel reasonably optimistic that they may get some good return out of that.
1: Well, it's going to be hard not to. I mean, as long as he makes the roster and, you know, provides some type of role, I mean, I think he's basically getting paid backup money in that mm-hmm. case, so if he provides you anything as a starter in that position, I think you're okay in that regard. Obviously, though, I would like to see either more insurance behind him or some type of player with a much higher ceiling than what I believe he has. Now, maybe coming off those two injuries, he can find himself and you know his, his All-American type of ab- abilities that he had coming out of college, but... That's two pretty devastating injuries and to have lost two entire seasons. Yeah. I know there's been a, a solid response to that, but it is still a risk. It is still a risk that the Cowboys have taken, that he may not be able to fill those shoes and provide, you know, the, that, even that type of uh, consistency and durability.
2: Well, it's, it's also a great way to, to hopefully get yourself a long-term solution in the draft. And so it's, you know, that's, that remains to be seen. Of course, we've got a lot of time well, not a lot of time anymore, but we still have a few weeks to mull over what's going to happen in the draft. And I think uh, it would be very wise for the Cowboys to invest some good draft capital in a quality free safety coming out of college.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity V-A-N-29.com.
1: Well, perhaps then we can start in that position. Um, You know, we'll take a look at the positions that we think need to be filled here coming up later on the podcast. But in regards to what the Cowboys might do at pick number 10, there has been a safety that's been creeping you know, into a lot of people's minds, potentially they're at that position and one they might want to consider, and that is the kid out of TCU, Trayvon Morrig. I do believe, uh, correct me if I'm mispronouncing that name, but uh, I can't
2: connect, correct that.
1: <laughs> well, good. Then he's a name that's been cropping up on a couple of people's boards in terms of guys the Cowboys might consider. I'm thinking there's been a a slew of names that have started to kind of swirl around Cowboys fans wish list. Yeah. Patrick Sertain, the cornerback out of Alabama, JC Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina, Kyle Pitts, the Cowboys dream. Although I thought I squashed that a week ago, but sure. We can include him, uh, Slater, the tackle who could potentially, uh, fulfill, you know, the shoes that will ultimately be left at some point by Tyron Smith, the offensive lineman out of Northwestern, and then, as I mentioned, Morgue as well, or the beautiful option of trading down. How would you power rank those five potential options, including, of course, the ability to uh, potentially move back? And if you're going to move back, I got to know how far you're willing to do it to because moving back to 18 to 20 is a lot different than moving back to, say, 14 or 15. Yeah, I'm... (sighs)
2: Depending on how it falls, if you've still got, uh, you know, Sertain and uh, Horn uh, on that are still there, and you've got maybe uh, Sean Slater, uh, you know, some of the other names that are out there, if, if they do get crazy and we see like five quarterbacks go in the first nine spots, then yeah, going back to 15 or so might be uh, attractive. And that's just because that's the Patriots and they may be willing to make a move. If one of the, if a guy they like, you know, like a Trey Lance is still hanging around uh, and try to come up and get their, their quarterback. It's, it's a risk. And it, once again, it depends if you've got If they, you know, cause in a trade, they'll tell you who they're going for. That's, that's part of how the trading goes. And if they were to come up and take Lance and you still had five guys, you were happy with picking from then Yeah. Trade back would be really good. Uh, but it's, it's almost, you know, two separate questions as for who I'd like. Um, I, you know, who do they have between certain and horn would probably be my best. My first choice. Uh, and if they're a case of like they call the tags are touching, then, you know, either one would make me happy. Uh, I think if they got it, that would just be a, a, a long-term answer, I believe, at cornerback, which is, you know, one of the needs that they certainly have with the team right now. Uh, if it's not them. You know, somebody like Slater uh, intrigues me because – he could become your new left guard and be a tackle in waiting. uh, And I think upgrade your guard position, plus leave you in much better shape for when Tyron Smith uh, eventually moves on, which uh, who knows how long that's going to be. You know, it could be a season. It could be four or five seasons. It just depends on how his health actually does. Um, And past that, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think Kyle Pitts is really in the conversation, um, just because I just think he's going to go. Uh, you know, he's he's too good. I think they're going to be looking for him. Um, I hope they stay away from Michael Parsons, a great linebacker. I just hate to see a top ten pick uh, spent that way. And uh, Sewell is interesting. I he's another one I just. I don't think he's going to make it that far, but, you know, it's hard to say what's going on because there's so much weird uncertainty about things. And, uh, you know, if he was still around, it'd be hard to argue against doing the same thing with him, bringing him in, letting him play the guard for a while. That's that's kind of of a couple different
1: tiers then, right? You've got Sertain and Horn on one tier. You've got Sewell and Slater on another tier. And then, you know, if something crazy happens, Kyle Pitts or the trade down scenario. And I mean, to me, I would probably slide that trade down right in after those first four, because anything outside of those first four, I know they can still find something to make them happy, but... I wouldn't feel like it was worth the selection and worth what you're potentially giving up in terms of value if you could get it. It's always assuming that someone's willing to make a move up with you and it takes two to tango. We forget sometimes that there's not always a deal available and it's not always one that matches your draft value chart that was coined, you know, many many years ago by Jimmy Johnson. Well, Every time I see the Patriots involved in something, they're not paying, rent, they're not paying regular prices. They're almost always underpaying. Uh, when I see teams trade with the Miami Dolphins, those teams seem to all be overpaying. So it's it's tough to evaluate based on that and what the pick is actually worth, but I think I would slot a trade down right underneath those four. So... Uh, This is Riled Up on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Myself, Roy White, my man Tom Ryle, and coming up next, Tom, gave you a little preview on the Blog and the Boys uh, website. You can go check it out, but we're going to take a look at the Cowboys positions of need. Where do we stand with the roster at this point, and what do we still need to address? That's next on Riled Up on the Cowboys. And we're back again, riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle, myself Roy White, and we were just discussing what the Cowboys might do at pick number 10, but before they do that, right, we've still got time between now and the NFL draft, and we've still got potential time for them to address some positions of need that could ultimately help them decide where they go on draft day. So Tom you took an article, uh, you wrote an article there on blogintheboys.com. I highly encourage the listeners to check it out. Relative to where the Cowboys stand today versus where they stood on the roster a year, of, a year ago, where do you see them still needing to fill some positions?
2: Uh, well, the, I, just first off, what I think they've taken care of. Um, when, they, when they signed Kajniewski, uh, uh, I think they really solidified the backup tackle, the swing tackle position, and they didn't really have anything else they had to do on offense. So that whole side of the ball is pretty good set up because you want to go into the draft kind of clean, not having to really worry about one position more than another. Uh, so I think that side of the ball is all taken care of. I think they – By adding a couple of defensive tackles uh, that seem to have uh, strength in defending against the run, I think they shored up uh, the interior of the defensive line uh, with what they already had and adding Terrell Basham as kind of a, you know, situational pass rusher. Uh, I think that they're okay there at, at at edge. Uh, And, you know they've they've added three guys that can play safety. Even though, uh, you know, they're looking at Keanu Neal and uh, the other guy who's name uh, Curse uh, Jaron Curse, uh, who may be looked at as more hybrid players. They still basically have, uh, with the addition of KZ, they have they have. Safety handle. I think they're in good shape. They're better shape than they've been for a long time going into the draft at least at, at that position. So at least two main places they need to add someone. And we talked about the two big names that are still floating out. They need another cornerback, at least. I wouldn't even be surprised to see them maybe, you know, getting one decent cornerback and then just grabbing a you know, bottom of the barrel guy just to flesh it out because they're a little bit light on numbers there. And they're also very light at linebacker. Uh, And I would really love to see them fill the linebacker hole because I I hate using a lot of draft capital on on an off-ball linebacker. Now, if you're talking third or fourth round, that's, that's fine. That's great if you've got somebody good there. But I don't want to see, you know, first or second round linebackers get drafted that just um, to me that just doesn't line up with the way the NFL works currently and you know li- linebacker is a real concern uh, because you don't really know what you're going to see out of Jalen and Van Der Esch. Uh, you know you've with using hybrids to fill in you've got something of an answer there but you've you, you know, you don't have, um, you can't rely on Sean Lee because it really, I really expect he's going to wind up retiring. He still is deciding, but if he's taking this long to decide, you have to think that's got to be in his mind. Um, you know, he is a a very harsh judge of himself. And I think he is really concerned about not being able to put out the performance in the field that he knows the team needs. Um, You know, and then you just, you know, you, you lost Joe Thomas. uh, And I think, uh, I think March is, is gone, I believe. uh, Or at least they haven't brought him back just in March. And so, you know, you've got Luke Gifford and uh, the uh, there's another guy that came out of the UDFA ranks. Not a lot of Luke
1: forgot about old preseason Luke.
2: Yeah, but, you know, that's not a lot to, to ride on, especially with so much uncertainty with the starters. That, that That's why Wright would be such a great addition, because he could become a starter. As a matter of fact, I think if they signed him, he would basically be a starter for them. Uh, and I think that would be a, a great move. That's why I'm kind of hoping that this indication that it's not done with looking at him is true because I, I think that's maybe the even a bigger need than cornerback right now because they, I think they are going to be looking to get a first or second round corner. There's some good second round options if they don't get one in the first too, and they can always, they've got enough draft picks. They can always move back up if they need to, to get someone. So, that's kind of where I see it. Those are the areas of focus. That's what the business they haven't gotten done yet. And I'd like to see them see them get something done in those particular areas.
1: Well, if I'm not mistaken, the cornerback position is the only defensive position that they have not yet gone outside the organization, right, outside of players that were already with the Cowboys. C.J. Goodwin and Jordan Lewis obviously retained, but were already on yeah. the Cowboys roster. Uh, Cheetah Bealuze. Let go. Uh, They let him go to Cincinnati. Xavier Woods, they let him go to the Minnesota, as we discussed. They added guys on the interior, or at least brought a few back. Antoine Woods, uh, they did lose Tyrone Crawford, who announced his retirement this week. Uh, Thank you for nine years. Man, that flew by. And then, as you mentioned, they also retained guys like Rondell Carter and the free agent signings that they made as well. Between the three or the two safeties, excuse me, the three safeties, the two defensive end, we didn't mention uh, Brett Urban, who came over from the Chicago Bears, and one that you know they at least expect to to play a, a role, right? Didn't play the yes. majority of snaps there with the Chicago Bears, but when he did play, he you know played an important part in their run defense. And so, yeah. you know, you look at all those positions, it, it really is that quarterback position is the only one that they haven't gone and addressed. And I think – Well,
2: you know, they haven't really done anything at linebacker either.
1: No, that's true. You're right. They have oh, not yeah, done if, anything at linebacker either, unless you except count the, the Neil, yeah. you know, J-Ron curse moves, which yeah, kind of do only because I would think they would only carry four linebackers if they're going to have those guys on the roster and in those positions as well.
2: Oh, they always have to – you have to remember, linebacker, you have to carry some extra linebackers because they're so important to special teams. Uh, That's something that losing March and Thomas is kind of important on. They've got to build those up because – Oh, but if you have three
1: safeties, that could potentially play special teams.
2: Yeah, you still got to get 11 guys out there on the field, you know. True. Uh, Of whom, you know – for, um, you know, for, for all of the the, if you're you're doing coverage on punts or kickoffs, then you know you've got to have ten guys to get out there. You've got to have nine guys to fill out your field goal unit, uh, you know. And then you know when you're receiving, then you're going to need eleven special teamers out there to cover it. So, yeah, linebackers are kind of underrated in that aspect. They're really part of it. And you don't want your stars out there. You want guys that are more depth players, but they can go out there and, and throw themselves around and, uh, you know, make tackles or throw some blocks as needed. So,
1: Well, you know, I, I can you not. I was literally thinking in my head of making the comparison that the linebackers of the defense are basically the running backs <laughs> of the offense but you just yeah. kind of convinced me that maybe they're a little bit more valuable than that. Maybe just a little bit more valuable. Yeah.
2: Than- <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, and that's the thing is that the, the other thing that running backs and linebackers have in common is that you don't want to draft them in the first round, you know, with all due respect to Ezekiel Elliott, that's not a wise way to use your draft because you can find good guys usually in the later rounds that can fill those kinds of roles.
1: Well, that'll be something that the Cowboys will still hopefully continue to do. Uh, I think you and I would love it if they would go ahead and sign Richard Sherman as uh, some depth, as we discussed earlier, not just as depth, but a guy that can start out of the gate and give the younger guys an opportunity to develop. Who knows what Trayvon Diggs is going to be out of the gate, right? We've seen it before where some Cowboys rookies have gained some confidence, and I'm not Trying to make the comparison to him to Anthony Brown or Cheetah Bayouzier, but we felt like they were ready to take the next step of a sanction. And ultimately, where they went their rookie season wound up being maybe some of the best stuff that we saw from them. Yeah, or they,
2: they definitely plateaued at that level.
1: Mm-hmm. So, safety, going to keep our eye on that. More pro days to come for the Dallas Cowboys, and we will keep you apprised of all that information at bloggingtheboys.com. Tom and I won't be ingesting too much of that because, uh, hey, keep your eyes on the film, and that's where you'll find your answers. But it's fun to be able to talk about, and it's fun to be able to have some fun on social media with you. As always, follow my boy, at Tom Ryle, with a YBTB, and you can follow me at RW. There's another episode of Riled Up on the Dallas Cowboys featuring that great new Riled Up Blogging the Boys mug. Check out all the fine network podcasts on the Blogging the Boys podcast network powered by SB Nation. And until next Thursday, we will see you guys then. Peace out.